You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Good morning. How are you today? It's good to see you guys. Welcome to Vineyard Community Church at Mount Comfort. My name is Rick Francis. I'm the pastor here. Today's our fifth in a series called Empowered, and it's Holy Spirit Come. And the emphasis here is on desperation. Now, in our, in our human understanding of desperation, it's like when, when we're missing something, we get desperate for it. So if you haven't eaten in a while, anybody skip breakfast this morning? Barb and I did, okay. You start getting desperate as I preach longer. You'll feel the desperation building throughout the morning. And uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing. The desperation for relationship. You know, I, I remember back when I was dating Debbie, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth. And as we were dating, you know, there was a desperation to be together. You know, there was just a profound sense of, when can I be with my beloved? And uh, we started dating when we were 15. And we got married on the, on the fourth year anniversary of our first date. So that was a significant time. And as, as we went through, there, there's only so much kissing of that beautiful face that you can do and you kind of max out that level of intimacy. But we find that as we continue to grow, there's another level of intimacy that we're pursuing. And even as we was worshiping, the, the Lord just kind of dropped this in my heart. What we really long for is that heart-to-heart intimacy. That's what we long for with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that's what we long for with our brothers and sisters, and especially our spouses, and our children, our families. There's, there's a, a measure of intimacy that goes beyond just the physical expression. There is a spiritual and emotional connection that we are desperate for. So when we say, come Holy Spirit, it, it should be coming from a place inside of our heart and our soul and our spirit that's saying, I'm desperate for you. I long for you. It doesn't mean that I haven't experienced you. It means I long for more. And as we get closer and closer, the more we realize how much more and more there is to know and to experience and to receive from him. And then in exchange, to return and offer back to him. So when we acknowledge our desperation for the Holy Spirit, he always comes alongside to help. Mm -hmm. John 14, verses 16 and 17 in the New Living Translation puts it this way. Jesus is preparing his disciples for his departure. Another way of saying he's getting ready to die on the cross. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Jesus was getting ready to leave them. And he says, when I leave, I will send 
an advocate to be with you who will never, never leave you. The Greek word here for advocate is parakletos. It's the one who's called for you, called to you. He comes next to you. We're gonna get into a little Greek lesson today in a moment. But just the paraclete, the comforter, your advocate, all of these are the synonyms that we try to use to translate the word paraclete, parakletos. Come, Holy Spirit. When we're distressed and we call upon him, he always comes and helps. We need to be aware of that. Are you fearful or anxious? Come, Holy Spirit, and he will comfort and bring peace that passes all understanding. Are you isolated and lonely? Hmm. Pray, come, Holy Spirit, and he will be your friend and your teacher. Are you stressed and overwhelmed? Pray, come, Holy Spirit, and he will carry your burden and guard you onto the right path. Are you feeling guilty or ashamed? Come, Holy Spirit, and he will convict you, which is different than what the enemy does. He condemns you. The conviction of the Holy Spirit always leads to life and to connection. He will forgive you and wash you and heal you and set you free. So let's say, come Holy Spirit. This is good news. However, it seems like whenever we're in a predicament like that, we usually call someone else. We're in one of those desperate moments and who do we call? We call somebody else. We turn to something else. We look to numb our pain. We look to bury or conceal what truly is bothering and agitating us. And as a result, Holy Spirit is not on our radar. The Holy Spirit stands by patiently, waiting for us to call upon him. Instead of trying to avoid our desperation, our troubled situations, how about just embrace them? And as we embrace them, call upon the Holy Spirit to come and meet with us in the middle of them and watch what he does. He's so good, so good. The psalmist put it this way, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. Now that's a cry of desperation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when, when we think of those kind of situations, we think of what's it like to be in the wilderness? What's it like to be in the desert and have no, no sight of water anywhere? Your canteen's empty, there's no oasis that you can see, and you're just walking in a parched and weary land. It's like, oh Lord, I'm getting desperate. There's a sense in which, humanly, when we, when we try to communicate this, 
It's like we project our humanity onto the Holy Spirit and think that he's going to help the one that's in the most dire circumstance. And that's the way it, it appears to work. I don't think that's the way it works. We do this fr from a human perspective. You know, uh, one of the illustrations was if, if you had a child in the same room with your child and the child that was in the room with your child was from Haiti, was malnourished and was starving, which one would you feed? First. And I think that's where in our humanity we, we really screw up and, and thinking of Holy Spirit would, would have to choose between the two. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's just awareness. What happens is desperation makes us aware of our need for him. And when we see it in another person, you know, it's a whole lot easier to see it in them. <clears throat> Fred, do you realize you're really desperate? Your situation, your, your life's a mess. You really need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no, I need the Holy Spirit probably more than the one that I think is more desperate than me. And there's something about that that I think is really, really important for us to understand, that the Holy Spirit is always there for you, regardless of your awareness of how desperate you are. The problem is, when we are desperate, we're more open to cry out to him for help. The least desperate we are, the more we think we got things under control and we're all right, and yeah, this is fine. Awareness of our desperation is the true cry of our hearts, I think. Holy Spirit, make me aware of how desperately I need you. Don't let me put a human like, oh well, there's so many more people more desperate than me in the world, uh, so I'll let the Holy Spirit visit them today and I'll ask him to visit me then tomorrow or whenever he gets a break. That's stinking thinking. It'll lead to drinking, so don't do that. Don't do that. Be aware that the Holy Spirit is omnipresent and he's omnipotent. He has all power. He can help us at whatever level we need him to help us. If we've got a splinter or if we've got a, a spear thrust through our abdomen, He's just as willing and able and ready to minister to us. Awareness is the big one. Sometimes I think we think that the Holy Spirit's a triage nurse. And as you come in with your difficulty, you know, you, you hit the triage section and they say, no, you can wait. Your, your injury is not as serious as, as so-and-so's injury. And so you get to go in and get seen and get medical attention. You have to wait. And we get this kind of triage thing that's kind of really religious. It's not kingdom. It's not really biblical, but it's, it's something that in our religiousness we've kind of embraced and, we, and therefore we think, well, my problem's not you know, a 911 problem, so I'll wait. No. We always underestimate how good God is. 
We always underestimate his power, his willingness, and his readiness to come to us at any moment that we have need. So here's some prayers of desperation. Number one, come Holy Spirit, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I don't have what it takes to get through this moment. And when we come aware of that, we will either cry out to the Holy Spirit and, and request his assistance, his help, or we'll look to something other to medicate the pain that we're currently in, the difficulties that we face. We'll choose another cry, cry out for help. Now, obviously, you know, you're, you're always free to call upon your brothers and sisters in Christ. Nothing wrong with that. Good brothers and sisters in Christ, always encourage them. Have you called on the Holy Spirit yet? Well, let's call on him together and come together and call out for the Holy Spirit to come into the situation. The Holy Spirit is drawn and attracted to those of us when we cry out to him, when we recognize our need for him, when we come to him. Jesus put it this way in Mark chapter 2, verse 17. He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Mm. Wow. So that means, Lord, I'm righteous, so you better go call on the other folks. Not. That, uh, that religious self-righteousness that kind of seeps in to our little hearts as we grow up in the church and we look and, and we say, well, I don't do what that person does, therefore I'm better. No. Lord, help us to see. When we, when we start comparing ourselves to him, then we get a good perspective. When we see his righteousness, his goodness, and how wonderful and marvelous he is, then we stop comparing ourselves to someone else who has a few more habits that need to be broken. We start seeing ourselves as one that's desperate for his presence. In Matthew 5, 3, Jesus says, Bless, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Hallelujah. You might recognize it in the King James more. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Yeah. When we realize how much we need, not based on comparison to another human being that we may have more than, and so we don't think we need as much, but when we get close to the Lord and realize how wonderful he is, it kind of causes us to see, oh, there's so much more that I need. I really need. For me, usually that's the first touch is humility. Oh, when I see the humility of Jesus, it just undoes me. And I say, if I'm going to be like Christ, then Lord, let your Holy Spirit work humility in my heart and in my life. Yeah. Second prayer, Holy Spirit, help. 
help me. First time I ever heard John Wimber, for those that are not aware of John Wimber, he was kind of like the founder. He's the one that put the vineyard on the map. He was God's instrument. I heard him, he says, you know, at this point we get to the place where we cry the one word prayer. Help! And he says, I pray that prayer all the time. You know, and it's just like, oh, when I heard that, I thought, I love this guy. Yeah, my heart resonates with that. Yeah, that's, that's a prayer that I, <laughs> help, help, help. I didn't know I was allowed to ask it as often as he appeared to, to be presenting in that message. But I thought, boy, I need it that often, that frequent. Yeah. So help me. Help me. Holy Spirit, help me. James writes in chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, he says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Wow. I think that's about all I'm going to read out of that passage. When we ask the helper for help, we need to trust that the helper knows what is best. Sometimes when we ask for help, what we unconsciously do, we're asking for help, but we've already got in our mind and heart how that help should look, how it should come, when it should come, and what it should accomplish. And it's like, oh, anybody try to tame God? And the lion witch in the wardrobe, C.S. Lewis says, he's not a tame lion. Mm -hmm. He's good, but he's not tame. We don't get him to jump through the hoops. We just ask him to come and to help. We don't then define what that looks like, how, what, when. We just ask and we trust that he will come because he is good. The third prayer Come, Holy Spirit, I am weak. Hmm. It's really interesting in Romans 8.26. It says that even in our infirmities, in our weaknesses, in our distress, the Holy Spirit knows what we need. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us with expressions that we can't even describe. Wow. I am weak. I'm not strong enough to do this work and to finish. Hmm. Help us in our weakness, in our distresses, in our infirmities. Here the, the word for help is one of my favorites. When you think of the Holy Spirit, you got to think of soon ante labanomai. Here's your Greek lesson. It means that he is a helper who comes alongside, and it implies that he's already on the other side, and he's going to take you by the hand and lead you. It has a medical, in, in the medical connotation, it, it implies a nurse who's helping a wounded patient come back to full healing and restoration. The Holy Spirit is the one who comes over 
next to walk with us through the healing process as we continue to walk with him. I love that about the Holy Spirit. He's, he's just so amazing. Paul had a very difficult time, but he experienced this reality. He talks about his own infirmity, his own weakness, his own need. In Corinthians 12, seven through nine, <clears throat> he says, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Hmm. Three times he, he prayed. You would think, come on God. This guy's been beaten, stoned, shipwrecked. If anybody based on merit should deserve to be healed of an infirmity, where you think the Apostle Paul would be. But yet somehow in the sovereign understanding of God, he knows and he gives a manifestation of his love and grace that sees him through it. And so now as he goes about life, in his weakness, everyone can see the strength and the power of God. Now I would like to be a, some kind of mental abilities to see what's going through everybody's mind right now. Because almost every time I hear somebody talk about the thorn that Paul had and he asked for it to be removed and it didn't get removed and God said, my grace is, is sufficient for you, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, Lord, please take my thorn. Don't tell me that, Lord. You know, my situation, Lord, that, that was the Apostle Paul, and he was, he was a five-star Christian. I'm only a three, so, Lord, please take the thorn away from me. Yeah. We read that, and we think somehow this is the verse that substantiates that God's not willing to heal at all times. It's like, no, that's not what that verse is saying at all. That is ridiculous. I think we can say it's always in the heart of the Father to bring healing to his children. But somewhere in a place that he knows and we don't, he knows that in this situation and for the Apostle Paul, this was the way he was going to deal with him. And it's very unique and it's very wonderful. And it's marvelous. And sometimes it happens to us. But I'd say it's the exception, not the rule. The rule is more that he wants to come and bring healing. But there, are, there, there always seems to be some aspect of, shall I say, health that brings distress in our lives. And the only way that we can learn how to be victorious through it is to invite him into it and let him lead and guide, let him manifest his grace in the moment. Hmm. That wasn't in the notes. But nonetheless, I think it's true. Hmm. Sometimes it doesn't come in a form of relief. 
I like it when it does. I really do. I love it when it's, the healing is instantaneous. I love that. I'm good with it if it goes over a day, <laughs> maybe three days. But a week's long enough. And yet we've got those among us that are, you know, in habit rehab, month five, six. Yeah, he's always with us. The whole essence of the message today is to pray, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. I want to choose you in my distress first. I don't want to seek an alternative. I want to cry out for you to come and be my first option. So with this prayer, there we go. Let's all together pray. Holy Spirit, come. I need you. I need help. I am weak. Empower me in my desperation. And I would add, and make me aware of your presence at all times. Aware of my need for you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.